Well, uh, the, all the talk the past couple of days has been about uh, Apple and their new release, whatever the word may be. They dropped um, uh, this thing, the new Vision Pro headset that happened on uh, Monday. And uh, if you watch television news or the um, any of the business networks, there are some gums flapping about this. And uh, Tim Cook made the big announcement and showed this thing off on uh, Monday. And immediately the stock price went down, which I don't know much about <laughs> stocks, but that doesn't seem to be a very good sign. Not usually, uh, no. Uh, yeah. But um, on the other hand, uh, it's hard to second guess what Apple does considering the success they've had. Now, I didn't realize this. I just did some some number searching. They have made $40 billion off of the iWatch. Oh, that's off, that's That's off the watch. Um, off the iPhone, $205 billion. Was that in, that was not, that just couldn't be in 2022. Like, oh, well, I was going to say, or since it came about, no. They've made so much money. Now, this one, and Wes can speak to this more than I can, but I've heard various commentary from the experts on the TV and elsewhere, and it seems that there is a, well, first of all, it costs $3,500. <laughs> yeah. And that would be a barrier, it seems to me, for the majority of people that, that want to get this thing, which seems to be made almost entirely for entertainment purposes. One more reason to stay by yourself, isolated, and living in a different world. And why would you not want to? Because the real world blows. So uh, <laughs> it, it's an interesting take. And uh, some of the observations include that it'll take a couple of years before we truly know if this thing is a success. Apple has been uncanny with their timing in the past. The iPad came out and there was much ha ha about that. It's not going to work. It sucks. Well, it worked out pretty well. Yeah. Uh, but the Vision Pro will ship early next year and it fulfills a range of tasks from playing movies and games to handling work tasks via various monitors. However, the uh, the majority of what this thing does seems to be uh, entertainment. You can watch a, a, a basketball game and pretty much be on the court with the players. Um, 3500 still seems to be a bit of a deterrent when you think about it. And will this ever be anything that everybody just has to have? They're, they're uh, going to bet on the power of the headset to provide a sharp enough display for texting and an immersive enough canvas for immersive movies. So which is it, Wes? Is it for entertainment uh, or can you work too? Now, you don't, you, you, you don't have one of these yet because they aren't out. Uh, but, <laughs> That's uh, but, but what is the main attraction? Is it to entertain yourself for all this money or is it a work tool as well what would you surmise i i think that despite the claims of it being very useful for work it's mostly just a a, a an entertainment Toy. thing for yeah. for games and i 
watching movies i guess would be cool with that if you're going to be watching this movie by yourself anyway but yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. most people I mean, yeah. uh, sitting at home are watching movies with like the family and you're not going to have all every a mom dad and the two kids and a dog each having their own headset to watch you yeah. know rumpelstiltskin seven and so <laughs> But this reminds me of what the Oculus was also sold on as it can be a work tool. It can be collaborative because you can be in a virtual office with people who are scattered across the world. Well, but everyone has to have that same tech and the right. same program. That's it's hard fun. enough to get people to gather together and, and figure out how to use a Zoom program correctly. So I don't... As much as they tout it being good for work, I, I am skeptical of that because I haven't seen the Oculus used a lot for work or haven't heard of any big collaborations or any companies going uh, all Oculus all the time for their architecture firm or whatever. Yeah, the, the experts in the financial world and those that watch Apple and how they do their business have been less than positive about this uh, in the big picture. Who needs this, really? And yeah, who has that, that kind of money to burn on a toy? Um, I, I, well, I uh, have no way of seeing into the future, but this seems to me like it might be one of their uh, one of their fails. Well, it also might be one of their cutting-edge version one things. Because, I mean, when, yeah. when the smartphones yeah. came out, they weren't exactly cheap. They're not really ex- exactly cheap now, come to think of it. But they if they get this out there and they get people to buy it and use it, then they can figure out what people are mostly using it for and make sequel products that are more fine-tuned to how people are actually using it and maybe bring the price point down. Because... It's yeah. not going to become an industry standard for people to collaborate in remotely if it costs over three grand. That price point is just a really big barrier. Electronics Especially- always go down, not up. Yeah. Um, you know, big old TVs and uh, and you know phones and stuff start out at a gigantic price and they tend to go down pretty rapidly. Somebody else uh, had the observation that um, Meta has already been down this road. Um, is that where the Oculus came yeah. from? Was yeah. that a, okay. Exactly. And they've mm-hmm. got a new version coming out later on this year. And they're dropping the price of the uh, MetaQuest 2, which is the Oculus that I've got. And for the MetaQuest 3, it's going to be 500 bucks, which is not the, just a whimsical purchase, cheap, you know, right. impulse buy. But it's a lot more affordable than three grand and change. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it just seems to me that these rich people uh, that work at Apple and at Meta and and by by the way, they should never have changed that name to Meta. It's been a nightmare for them since they did that. (laughs) But But it seems to me that Tim Cook and his associates, who are all highly intelligent people that see into the future, uh, they overestimate the normal person and what they can do, what they want to do, and what they can afford. And this, they don't live in the real world. I, I can't imagine a day when every household has one of these things. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but they're richer than I am, so fuck <laughs> out of, yeah, I, yeah. it just I mean, seems to be, uh, an, it's, a, it's, it's a toy 
that rich people can play with until they get tired of that, then they'll go and do something else. I saw a, yesterday I saw basically a long commercial about it, is what it was. It was like a long commercial. And showing you at watching it what this thing can do and what the people can see. And sure, you can have a Zoom call and I guess show people you know, if you're a CEO or whatever, or you're doing a presentation or something, but do the other, do the people that you're conversing with, with whom you're conversing, have to have it too? Or will they be able to see you and what like you're talking what she about? Said. Yeah, on exactly. their laptop no or something. That was the answer, yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. And, now, then, and then you can also, like, in the air with your hand, zoom in and make your the whole wall of your den or living room or wherever your tv is the tv screen so you don't have to go buy a big screen because you can make the whole wall that big so yeah it's like you're sitting on the third row of a freaking basketball game which looks really cool or if you're watching a movie by yourself sure you can make your tv that big but i yeah i just I, it's such I, it's, I, who I just, needs I, it who needs I just, it I, you know <laughs> need and want are different things mm-hmm. And in 10 years' time, maybe it'll be refined enough and affordable enough. But by then, we'll all be killed by the AI robots. So who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't seem to matter. I, it just sounds like, you know, just more, more toys for boys or girls or whomever that really has no point or purpose except to entertain you. And how many forms of entertainment do we need? Um, we've got, you know, so many, you know, streaming services and we've got music services and, um, and the, and the media as we know it, uh, is on its deathbed. That'd be network TV and cable TV and uh, FM radio and AM radio are all going down the toilet. So I don't know. This to me seems to be, uh, um, reaching for the stars, but can you grab them? I, I, I don't see it becoming a big thing. The iPad proved to be a gigantic hit. The iWatch, which I thought was ridiculous, um, was a gigantic hit. And the iPhones keep on selling and selling and selling. So, and the you know Mac, uh, which which uh, Sid uses, and mm-hmm. it craps out on her about once a week. So uh, I, that it I it doesn't crap out. The internet craps out. That's different. Well. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. This damn internet. That was, that was a dumb idea too. <laughs> These people, you uppity. God, how bastards. dare they? I know. I, Apple also uh, announced this. Uh, how many times have you been doing? Now I don't know how I turned this off, but I have a, a Samsung phone, so I'll just stay in you know nerd land, and I don't. I couldn't care any less. Um, when you're texting and it you know changes words and all that shit. The autocorrect, mm-hmm. so annoying. And how many times have you hit send and written something entirely absurd and your friend goes, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Apple announced it, yeah. uh, their big event yesterday, they will start keeping the iPhone autocorrect feature from annoyingly correcting one of the most common expletives in the world. Oh. No ducking way. <laughs> ducking. Right. Uh, they will, I guess, keep it from saying ducking, it'll say fucking. So, uh, in those moments when you just want to type, I'm quoting somebody, a ducking word, well, the keyboard will learn it too. So, once on my phone, I, I guess on y'all's phones too, once you type a word into it, it remembers it and it can call it up when you're typing something. So, but in this case, uh, I also noticed that when I 
talk into my phone to text like Sid does. Yeah. Uh, you can't say any cuss words because it will asterisk them out, which is really oh, I fucking test annoying. That. I should uh, test so, that on uh, mine right now. Well, uh, it, it, it didn't do it. Uh, why it matters, it says, among all the quirks of damn autocorrect, in quotes, the ducking uh, thing is a long-standing source of mirth and frustration. <laughs> so the ah. words that go to autocorrect will be temporarily underlined so you know what's been changed and can revert back to the original word with a tap. So uh, that's what Apple's doing when they're not making little spy glasses they're making it possible for you to say fucking a lot more and that is progress that is not, what's not this little eye eyeglasses huh what's funny it too is and i don't know if the friend has an apple or a samsung or what an, an android phone but you can also like you know you can do different ringtones for different people no, yeah. I'm not thinking about a ringtone. I'm thinking about th how you save somebody in your no, you contacts. you can, though. Yeah, yes, you but, can. Yes, you're right. You're right. But you who the it. hell needs that? I, just turn I know, the phone and off. Cost money. <laughs> I know. It costs oh, money. I, I find just, that very, very useful because I have a, really, yeah, I have a special oh. ringtone for my dad, for my wife, and for my kid. And if I'm doing something and hear one of those ringtones, I'll stop what I'm doing and go get the phone. Sure. If it's just the regular ringtone for everybody else in the world, then it can go to voicemail you or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, this... yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It, it, it probably does come in handy for your family. So that's, yeah. that does make sense. But this, the, but you, if you save, like if I, if I saved you in my phone, not just as Drake, but like Drake bitch, I could go, Hey Siri, call Drake bitch. And it'll say calling Drake bitch. <laughs> and, a friend, and a friend of my husband's does that and, it, and it's and he just has names for everybody in there and it's hilarious anyway yeah yeah uh, that's technology. something we do need by golly i i suppose uh i mentioned uh the uh, media um a moment ago this is a is a really telling list of uh charts and graphs here it's it, it's pretty short you would think, based upon the articles you see in the media, on the internet, and on television, and such, that um, some of the things that are hyped, like uh, TV shows, let's say, that the more stories are written about them, they just must be the most watched, popular, beloved things ever. Not the case whatsoever. Okay. Um, here is a the top five shows... Let me look at this real quick here. Uh, Succession on HBO. Um, a pretty big hit. Their audience every week. Let me look at this real quick because it was across all different um, platforms. Nine million people on average watched last season across uh, you know, all the various platforms. And uh, I guess that many folks might have taped it because... New shows came on on Sunday evening at uh, 8 our time and were on for the entire week. So I guess you have to do various metrics to make this make any sense. But when you look at all the articles written about these top five shows and then the average readership, uh, not viewership, but readership, Succession, 
they counted this up some way. Uh, they defined unique visitors to something. Uh, 83 different publications. A thousand articles were written about succession. It was a show that people loved to hate or hated to love. <laughs> okay. About a rich family. It was based upon the uh, Murdoch family and Fox News and the infighting about which of the kids would take over when the old man died. And uh, it was cringeworthy and hard to watch sometimes, but the way it was done and the way that it was shot um, just made it really, really interesting. These remarkably annoying, rich white people with nothing to do but you know fly around on their own jet and argue about how much it was it uh, it came to its conclusion last week uh, so out of those 1,000 articles written during the show the mem- the the average readership of those thousand articles was 17 percent oh, people golly. saw the articles and didn't care now I saw one that called the last last show an incredible piece of art oh my god and one that says these spoiled brats ought to all be shot in the head (laughs) at close range ncis 173 articles read by 36 percent of the people that encountered them the one that just kind of kills me uh is young sheldon which was a spinoff of what two white men and a baby or something? Yeah, big Bang Theory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, same thing. Uh, Fifty-six articles written, sixty-five percent readership. That's the it's one. It's a that funny show, out. isn't it? And, and, uh, and it's a sitcom, uh, yeah. Yeah, allegedly with Maybe a laugh track, right? Uh, the um, Succession obsession drew outsized coverage of the show that was disproportionate to reader interest uh, it was a big hit uh, but the countless spoilers cast interviews and interpretations of the series may have driven uh, been much more driven by the media's obsession than by the consumer nonetheless it, it was watched by a lot of people but it was covered by you know media nerds and writers for various publications around the world but the average person did not care. Um, the other top TV series that were written about a lot and watched were Yellowstone, uh, NCIS, FBI, Young Sheldon, and Chicago Fire. So the rest of the stuff. And now in the past couple of weeks, you've had the conclusions of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I know that Wes oh, loved. Yes. I, I watched it twice. It was so good. Um, The end of Ted Lasso was just remarkable. And I watched it twice. And the end of the HBO show, now they're called Max, uh, Mm -hmm. Barry. That last episode was was, uh, pretty intense. And I'm not sure how many people watched that or not. But uh, there were some some incredible shows that came to their, their conclusion the past couple of weeks. And now... You're starting to see the effect of the writer's strike because there aren't that many new things popping up. Um, so uh, uh, this is, I don't know, I haven't heard a, a word about this. 
Is it almost a month in? I can't remember how long this has been going on. Yeah, just about, I think. Three weeks now. Wow. Well, I haven't, you haven't and now the actors about are about to be doing something. And directors, are they on strike still, too? I, I don't know. But um, anyway, those are the things in the media. We also have, uh, toward the end of this, we're going to play you. Talking about the AI. And I watched a, a piece today... Um, on uh, CNBC, uh, people that are you know moneyed and into all of that and are smart media people and are talking about uh, AI and the development of it and how fast it has evolved. And um, they put, I believe, an anniversary date of when this was first introduced, or maybe it was uh, ChatGPT, of six months. And uh, this has evolved now to a point where it's making people nervous. The government is nervous, although I saw something about how they don't intend to impose regulations on this because how could you? Because the robots are a lot smarter than anybody in the government ever will hope to be. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So uh, why even bother? But you're also seeing things like uh, I guess Spotify is the one that intends to do um, some some uh, some uh, podcasting or some voice work by emulating the voices of other people, actors and announcers. Let's say uh, you know Sam Elliott, who does tons of voice work, uh, but they can copy them now. And I guess this probably isn't new, but the, there's a dude. Let me find this guy's name. There, uh, his name is Day D A E Limbs L I M S, and he has created three new, perhaps even more, uh, three songs by the Beatles. Uh, they were solo tunes, one by Paul, one by John, and one by Ringo, and he has added harmonies and new sounds to make it sound like a Beatles song. And uh, the it's an incredible thing to hear because it sounds like a tune off a Beatles album, but it's wow. not. And we're going to play you a, a few of those at the end of this. But um, it really is remarkable how quickly this has taken over. Uh, on the movie note, uh, y'all talked about this yesterday. I, I, I didn't hear it, but give me Wes's take on the uh, Spider-Man animated film. I didn't hear it. Oh, and it's gonna, I'm going to go into some more detail without uh, using spoilers for my Geeks Grading Geekdom podcast coming up on Friday. But in a sentence, visually stunning, great storytelling, and a fantastic superhero tale. Wow. They took uh, <laughs> great advantage of the medium of animation to do things you just can't do in a, uh, a live-action film. And is it 3D-ish, or is it... It could be. I saw it in 2D, because that's fine. But the way they used animation and the film just enhanced the entire experience and built up to in a way that illustrated on the whole theme of things going on there. Wow. Cool. Okay. Well, Sounds and my, interesting, yeah. And my kid saw it with his friend Monday... And not that he goes to all the stuff and follows it and loves it anyway, whether it's okay or not. His favorite movie in the world is Shrek. 
But they came home and they both said, this is the best movie we've ever seen. And we looked at him and we, then we looked to his friend for confirmation because his friend is 18. And I'm like, really? is he really? And he goes, no, no, yes, ma'am. It really is the best. Yeah, somebody oh, okay. 18 had got okay. it all figured out. So <laughs> go, hey, go to him. More than for a 15-year-old, right? Uh, maybe not. Um, <laughs> what is all the, the nonsense and hate around um, Little Mermaid? I, I haven't bothered to read any of the stories. Is it because she's not white? That's what did I miss? That's really what I zeroed in on These because that that hate people. and and those God. complaints and just started from the very first uh, marketing images that came out, and people I didn't even notice it for. A, I went, oh wait a minute, she ain't she, white. She oh ain't, God, here we well, go. Well, and, and, and I I said this to Sid yesterday, saying that you know people were making online arguments about how real mermaids would be white <laughs> because they live deep under the sea oh, where there's less Jesus. light. Yeah. Are you kidding oh, me? God. Really? <laughs> so, yeah, so, only she had a penis, that'd be really hot. <laughs> and she might call it a demon. Okay. She could. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that is Ridiculous. so sad. So this has, has, uh, has, has spawned just hate in general based upon that fact alone just based based mostly on that and that's why some places some uh, internet movie sites had to change how they weight the reviews because they were getting bot slammed with one star negative reviews on this movie likely from people who hadn't even seen it and i hate people so much (laughs) it's so dumb god bless (sighs) what if it was somebody who was asian or a native american or i don't know what, well, she's would, something. Would I mean, still she, be, she's not white, so people still be like, would it be this bad? I, I I don't understand people. I don't know. It 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 does make your mind wander to the pandering to a diversity, you know, whether it is appropriate or not. I mean, it, does it have to be there? Um, was this done intentionally because of our new diverse society, which isn't diverse at all? Um, I. It's, well, it's, see, it's, but that—that's kind of an un- unanswerable question, uh, yeah. because the idea, it, um, just because it's someone who's not white, does that mean it's a stunt for attention, or is it because know, yeah. that worked for the story, or just because that was the best actor that right. the directors and producers liked? And of course, yes. the directors and producers are always going to say, "Yeah, she was the best person for the role." After auditioning whomever else that they auditioned or of, but anyone who's going to want to seize on that, she's not white like the original Hans Christian Andersen story. Well, they turns out they made a lot of other changes to that story too for both the first animated one and this. But that's the kind of thing anyone who's going to seize on that is going to just presume that it's a stunt, and whoever says otherwise is just lying or kidding themselves. Yeah, that's that's a fact. I, there, but there is a palpable sense uh, as much TV as I watch and I watch series and I watch movies and at the Oscars this year everything everywhere all at once where that won everything uh, with an, an entirely Asian cast except for Jamie Lee Curtis who won the best supporting oh, actress right. yeah. and um, and there's a show on Netflix that was number one for about a month called Beef uh, the entire cast there was Asian. There were, were Japanese and Chinese and uh, Koreans. And uh, there does seem to be 
a concerted effort to make the cast of many of these shows and films diverse, um, either with gay people or uh, an interracial couple or Asian or something. They are working on that, and it looks intentional. Now, are the people qualified? Um, all the ones that I've seen are, um, and, they're, and they're fine actors. And the writers behind the scene and behind the film, who's shooting it? Maybe they're black or Asian as well. Uh, or maybe they have on a dress. I, I don't know or care. But I believe there is a distinct move toward making things more welcoming to more people. And it's intentional. Um, uh, but does that make the quality any less? No. And no. Little Mermaid made $120 million bucks, didn't it, in its first week? Yeah, so it did pretty well. So eat shit and die, you <laughs> redneck I know. Fucks. I know. What if 10 black girls tried out for that part? Period. There, somebody's going to bitch about that. If you find me a place Losers. where animated characters auditioned, I want to be there for that. <laughs> Cartoon I mean, people can't try out for a movie. They're drawn. Or, or, okay, to voice something or whatever. You know what I mean. You know what I'm saying. Well, yeah. I, I just say things just ain't. You know, why can't we just go back to when Jerry Lewis was playing a Japanese man? <laughs> <laughs> Everything should be white people, and that's just oh, the way it should be. It's wrong God. to include. A, oh, it's so ridiculous. That's why I'm about lost interest in talking about anything because it's so pointless and so stupid. And we have um, bred generations of idiots, and it's only getting worse. Uh, speaking of movies, Sid had a list of the best summer movies so far. Mm -hmm. It isn't even officially summer yet, so slow down. But uh, what are they? <laughs> yeah, maybe I said summer. The 10 best movies of 2023 so far. This is according to USA The year's Today. halfway over, so, so slow down, people. Slow down. Number 10, The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster. I haven't heard He's of that. He's probably a white guy, so there you go. <laughs> okay. the, uh, I haven't heard of that. Uh, number nine, A Thousand and One. Never heard of it. Don't know that one. A poetic drama about parenthood and inequality. Well, number eight, How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Never heard of it. <laughs> okay. Um, Is it a documentary? Uh, in, intense thriller. Google that and watch the FBI come to your front door. Heist movie. Yeah, I know, right. Number seven, and your favorite now, and you probably, have you seen it yet, Drake? John Wick 4. Uh, I, I don't think it's on yet, but I will find it, and I will watch him kill people endlessly. I will, awesome. too. I will, too. Number six, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. It is really good. And I told my kid that you would say the same thing that he did. Number five, Creed 3. I forgot that that was out. Yeah, me neither. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> yes. I didn't know this for Creed 2. Yeah, I don't remember how 2 went. But anyway, number 4, I want to see this. Guardians of the Galaxy 3. That's really fun. I love Chris Pratt. Oh, those movies are fun. Uh, number 3, The Eight Mountains. Mm -hmm. uh, I love uh, The Seven Mountains. That was City first. Childhood Pals. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, number 2, Air. We've talked about that recently with uh ben affleck and uh air jordans and oh, that's matt damon okay the making of the, the basketball shoe. it's yes. a really really fine movie even though you know how it ends it's really extremely well done 
Uh, so ben Affleck thought. was the director. It's uh, Matt Damon, Jason Bateman, and it mm-hmm. is really, really good. Good. Yeah, I want to see that. And then number one, Rye Lane. Number one is Rye Lane. Have you R-Y-E heard about it? Or d- R-Y-E. No, R-Y-E. After an awkward, not. tearful meeting in a unisex bathroom brings together recently dumped Dom and carefree Yaz and kickstarts somebody's wonderful, endearing, must-see reimagining of the rom-com. Uh, I'm not into rom-coms. <laughs> okay. I'm not watching no so anyway. rom-coms. I don't believe in love or comedy <laughs> anymore, so forget it. <laughs> don't care. Over it. Over the <laughs> whole deal. You're cracking me up today. Oh, yeah. I've just lost the will to live. Uh, That's let's much. see. Wes has... Okay, well, a couple of interesting things here. Um, well, I do try. Disney's recent job cuts. They've been hacking off heads over there. They just fired a bunch of people at... Um, what's the dang thing, Wes? Um, the animation house. At Net, uh, Netflix, almost. Uh, Pixar. Yes, they just fired a bunch of people yesterday from there. Um, So who else has had their head chopped off at uh, Disney? Well, the uh, guy who is behind, uh, 75 staffers and Pixar have been let go uh, just in the past week. It's the biggest uh, and first job cuts. It says the first job cuts in decades after the underperformance of the 2013 movie but the guy angus mclean is one of the big names he was the an animator on toy story 4 and he was uh, the director of lightyear which came out last year and another person fired is this woman uh uh, galen i think is how she pronounces her name galen sussman she is the savior of the of toy story 2 and then 3 and 4 by extension because she was working at home as an animator on this film for Toy Story 2 and she had a copy of the film so she could work as she was recovering from uh, some illness I think and over at the Pixar uh, building their internal servers crapped out on them and all of their data was erased all of the work on the movie was just gone and unrecoverable but uh, Galen had a copy on her home system that she was working on Oh and my. that's why we got to see Toy Story 2 and then 3 and 4. But now she's oh out of God. a job, so bye. That's wow. <laughs> no yeah. kidding. Oh, it was maternity oh, leave. That's what it was, yeah. Oh, How yeah, dare she have excuse. a child? Oh, uh, good thing she yeah. did. Yeah. Or we God, wouldn't yeah. have gotten to cry at the end of Toy Story 3 and 4. And Sarah McLaughlin would not have 13. an audience for the saddest movie song ever. Okay. Which was what? Uh, I forgot the title of it, but it's the one where she's it, singing where Jessie, the, the cowgirl doll, is lamenting how she, her owner, that was her best friend, started growing uh, up and stopped playing with her and eventually playing, donated yeah. her. I don't remember the song, though, but that was sad. I cried. Mm. Kind of. Uh, uh, I love those movies. I'm kind of tearing up right now. Uh, <laughs> let's see. What, what were the, you had some rock and roll stories. What were they? Oh, we had a couple of them. I've got this one about... <laughs> This one from Wolfgang Van Halen. He put a joke on the album credits, which is a fun tradition to do. I remember Rush used to do that a lot. Eagles did too. Yeah. Yeah. But he made a joke about his uncle guesting on his uh, upcoming second album, and it cost him a day of production and a dollar. Because what he did, he plays everything on this album himself, 
but he started. He said, told some interviewer that he was going to start having family members as guests on his album just as a joke, and he was said he was recording one day, and his uncle Patrick Bertinelli came by for a visit. And he said, you know, I, why don't you work the wah pedal for me? I'm, I've had enough of working on that right now. And so on the back of the album, it says, all songs written and performed by Wolfgang Van Halen, except for wah operation on solo of I'm All Right by Patrick Bertinelli. <laughs> well, there's th- the structures involved where you have to pay people who should pay, play on your album in right. some kind of way. So yeah. Like the, extras on a movie. Yeah. The, yeah. So they had to... <laughs> It held up the approval process for the album cover by a day because they had to track this guy down and he had to sign a work for hire release and get paid something. They paid him a dollar and doing all that just delayed things. And his managers were not amused at this. So I thought it was funny. And he's going to be doing funny. some more things like that. He says uh, he uh, I, he so badly wanted to do that uh, at one point with his dad and have him play piano or cello or something that wasn't guitar as a, a guest spot on his album. And so, But he may have uh, Alex Van Halen play the glockenspiel on a track someday. <laughs> well, when their dad played with them on... Uh... Big Bad Bill is Sweet William now. Yes, yes. On the, on... They, they had to pay him, I guess, well, for sure. playing his uh, clarinet. Yeah, the, uh, there, uh, over time, there have been tons of messages, either in you know on the album cover. Uh, the Eagles were notorious for, um, I think it was the first pressings of On the Border. Um, at On the last track on side two, as it goes, uh, it's the last song, and the the inner groove there. Uh, they had inscribed on the first one thousand copies, "He who hesitates is lunch," <laughs> and it was on there. And they put something on the long run, and I can't remember what that was now. But uh, yeah, well, good for him. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the uh, monkeys did uh, did a. They were a a band that did not get. Well, they were a fake band on a. Uh, TV show, uh, and then as they got more famous, they wanted to be credited with having some talent, and they did some experimental things that didn't go very far, and the film Head was one of them. I remember seeing it a long, long time ago. It was a strange, uh, yeah. a psychedelic, weird mess, and um, I don't recall what the point or purpose of it was. But uh, Peter Tork, who is now dead, what is the story about him seeing it 80 times before he... Yeah, see, that's what got my attention when I saw the headline, because it's it's Peter Tork, and okay, well, he's dead, he didn't do a new interview or something, so where it came from, not really sure what prompted someone to post this, but then I saw he said, saw Head 80 times before realizing what bothered him about this movie. And like you, I've seen it one time, I saw it in the late 80s, I guess, and... If you don't know what it is, it is weird. It is psychedelic. There was a series of vignettes and interspersed with concert footage. And there was apparently it was some kind of attempt for them to move away from their monkey's image into being something else. And that was what the film's purpose was supposed to be. And that was supposed to be the message of it. And he said that he didn't really get it. And he watched it, as like the headline says, about 80 times before the pieces started to come together. 
for him. He said that most people are dazzled by the psychedelia, which is fine, but the movie's point is that the monkeys never got out. They never escaped being the monkeys. There's apparently right. this they black... They tried hard. Yeah. yeah. But there's this black box that I guess keeps showing up in some of the shots and vignettes and is like a constant through the film, and they get trapped in that after they jump in the ocean at the end, and that still traps them they never got away from it and that's the thing that he would like to change but it, it took him 80 views of this film that i guess he wasn't that involved in the production side of he just showed up and uh did his acting or he bit. was really really high for a really long time that, and that, nothing else to do and or maybe yeah yeah that's that's oh. uh, that's that's pretty strange. that's bizarre that if you sad. haven't seen head that's it, okay actually you're you yeah don't, need to see it. don't don't waste your time it's it's this, this was the late 60s, and they were trying, like Wes just said, to uh, defy being a little bubblegum band that, a, a bubblegum band that that really was a good band. And they weren't. The only one that they, they could play was uh, was, was uh, Mike Nesmith. And um, they all just kind of, you know, pantomimed. And Davy Jones played maracas and tambourine, which takes some skill, but not that much. <laughs> uh, I had this too. Where did this go? Um, this is a pretty interesting look. At, where did it go? I got too much stuff up here. Um, the Fortune 500 list. That these are the peoples that are making the most money out there, and um, not surprisingly, I guess um, the number one company for the eleventh year in a row. Would you care to guess who is on top of this list? The top uh, 10 Apple. U.S. companies. Amazon? No. Uh, Walmart. Oh, oh, yeah. I should have guessed. Number two is Amazon. Three is ExxonMobil because they are criminals. And when you drive around this town, if you don't believe me, look at the gas prices at, at, a, at a, a BP or a Shell and then drive by the Exxon. And it's either ten or twenty cents higher than anybody else. Oh yeah, it's why because they can, and because they are greedy, devil, baby-eating, bad people. Uh, number four <laughs> is Apple. Number five, United Health Group. I don't know what they do. Number six, CVS Health. Uh, they are drug stores, and they also now they do something. They added some kind of feature in their pharmacy, uh, which probably has uh, pumped up their thing. Number seven is Berkshire Hathaway. That is Warren Buffett's company. Number eight is Alphabet. That's your Google. Right. Number nine, McKesson. Oh, yeah. I have no idea what it is. And number 10 is Chevron. So the uh, oil people are making tons of money. Uh, and Walmart let me pop to this before I give you the top 10 most hated brands. Walmart has started this, and they may be having to walk it back. Um, what they have done is um, added a bunch of new features to reduce theft. Shoplifting has been a, a devastation for this company. Uh, organized crime, it says, has been has been been a, a a plague to them in recent years, causing them to crack down on theft and shoplifting. And the same thing is happening at Walgreens. Um, so it was really really hurting them. And um, now the Walgreens around here, I've seen no big changes, but 
the Walgreens in Chicago was down to two aisles of things that weren't locked up. And oh, that caused a bunch of angry people. The Walmart thing is not specific as to what they have done to shut down um, some of this, you know, thieving. Uh, but it's easy to pick up, you know, batteries and things like that in your pocket and gone. I don't know how many times I've been to, to the uh, Walgreens here by us and seen a uh, squad car there because they had caught somebody shoplifting and they chased them down and they caught them. It happens constantly. And in big cities, I'm sure it's even worse. So Walgreens and Walmart are um, taking some steps to avoid um, losing all this money. The seven most hated brands in America are uh, where did it, okay from from the bottom up number seven is TikTok <laughs> yeah. number right. six Spirit Airlines okay. I guess they're just yeah. incompetent I don't know number five is Meta boy did they screw up mm. uh, number four is Twitter and did they oh, screw God, up yeah. even more my god the uh, value of that thing has plummeted and people are bailing left and right. Advertisers don't want to be involved in the hate. And this is a uh, over a year away from the election, which uh, if you can follow this anymore, you're a better man than I. I don't have any interest whatsoever in any of these people. Good luck. Number three, the Fox Corporation, among the most hated <laughs> And they have put a stake in their own heart, finally. People finally caught on. The whole thing is a scam. It isn't a news outfit. It's entertainment and lies. Number two is FTX, which I don't know what that is. I should have had FTX? Let's see. Let FTX. FTX. Yeah. FTX. I've heard of it. But... What is FTX? A crypto fund. Crypto uh, exchange uh, fund. Yeah. Uh, Bitcoin's having some real problems here of late, too, because all this has finally caught up with them, like scams always do. And the number one most hated brand with the worst public perception in America is the Trump Organization. Is <laughs> nice job. Nice not job. surprised. No, not at all. And it just gets more sad every day. So uh, there you go. What'd you have said? You know, got some entertainment or something fun? Yes, um, Dave Grohl wrote a letter to fans. Is it me? Or did I completely space and miss that he lost his mother last August? Did we talk about I, that? Do you guys remember? I did that? not know that. No, I, I didn't that either. either. I had no I idea. I didn't either. So you know, Taylor Hawkins was in like March of last year, and then his mom in August. And I didn't know that. Well, he's had, yeah, a, had a rough so year, they, man. They're both acknowledged in the dedications for their, their new album, But Here We Are. And, you know, it's just, yeah, obviously addressing grief process through personal loss. And I haven't heard the whole album. I know we play, oh, I can't think of the title. But anyway, I'm sure it'll be good. I mean, the, the Foo Fighters, are, to me, I, they can't write a bad song. But anyway, they've gotten, you know, they've booked some shows. They've gotten, they've done a couple of uh, shows so far. And when, you know, Josh Freeze has now joined them. And anyway, 
Dave yeah. Grohl wrote a letter on Twitter. It's probably on their Facebook page, too, and I might cry when I read it, but here it goes. It says, hey, it's been a while. Now that we've returned from our first run of shows, I feel compelled to reach out and thank you for being there for us. Every night when I see you singing, it makes... Mm, I'm cry. It makes me like. sing harder. When I see you screaming, it makes me scream louder. When I see your tears, it brings me to tears. And when I see your joy, it brings me joy. But I see you, and it feels good to see you, churning up these emotions together. Because we've always done this together, time and time again. See you soon. David. Dave Grohl's little note to fans on the Twitter page. How sweet is that? That's mm-hmm. great. Love it. Mm. That's why he's so angry on this album and just is just I mean angrier than ever and just singing his brains out I guess. I've got I've got he's endured. It's uh, Yeah. Yeah, it is yeah. it is unfortunate. What else you got said? And well, I'll say PS if you are in the mood to see the Foo Fighters, they're playing about 5 hours from Memphis in Rogers, Arkansas next Wednesday the 14th. That'll be a good show, I bet. Um what else do what I have? Where is oh, Rogers, these, Arkansas? Is that it's just, I, I had to look it up. Or? I had to look it up. It's just south of Little Rock. Uh, maybe okay. an hour I, or so. I, so it's Why wouldn't they play Rock. in Little Rock? I know. Well, you know what? Is Rogers home of Walmart? Because no. there's some, it's, it's some, uh, what is the amphitheater called? What is, uh, what is the Walmart home? Is it Benton? I, I, is it yeah, Bentonville you're right. It's like Bentonville. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe they, Rogers, Arkansas has a giant, or maybe a small. I don't know. That's a good yeah, question. They, they got a better deal on the venue, probably. It's like when, or they have a situation in Little Rock like they have here in Memphis where it just makes more sense for the band to play South Haven. I yeah, just hope that, that the, that the uh, governor there, the lovely and talented Sarah Huckabee Sanders, has this show canceled and then bans uh, some books in the meantime because Grohl will be up there cussing and you know <laughs> talking about beer and stuff so they should probably be banned from playing in Arkansas because they're evil and a bad influence on our children <laughs> and might yeah. make them want to grow up to be rock stars someday or have long hair all bad things or worse and Dave tattoos. might show up How in a dress yeah. yeah and I wouldn't be shocked if they all played in you know full drag which would be fantastic I want to thank a few of our sponsors, our buddy uh, Alan at his shop, Alan's Automotive. He's been on vacation for a, a couple of weeks, but he will be back in action on Monday. And if you need to leave him a message, his uh, website, alansautomotivecenter.com, and leave him a message there or on his Facebook page. You can call the shop and leave it there too, 332-3279, and he'll be getting back to you to make an appointment to fix whatever is uh, messed up on your car or your truck whatever the case may be, but uh, just call him and say, please call me back, leave your number, and he will get back to you, 332-3279. He's on Facebook as well and his own site, Allen's Automotive. He's on Winfield, South Haven, Whitehaven area, and he returns from his vacay on Monday. So he'll be getting caught up, and you can uh, put a call into him or a message online, and he'll get back to you. Uh, also, thanks to the fantastic new place, over on West Brookhaven Circle. The Ready Room Brew Pub is the tap room, if you will, for the Hook Point Brewing Company out in Collierville. And this place is um, its fantastic. They have unlimited amounts of beer. Craft beer is a big thing uh, in the world, and beer lovers have been going here and finding uh, these uh, just all kind of beers, 13 on tap, 
Some are in cans, some are in bottles. They have wine if you aren't a beer person. And they're very proud of their food menu Wednesday through Sunday. Lunch and dinner and a brunch on Sunday. And they add new things to this to this uh, great list all the time. On the Facebook page, Sid has up a picture of some of the new things they have or a list of them. But they keep, this is not your usual bar food. This is uh, elite eating. It's really, really good. And we tried some of it. And uh, our friend lawyer Bill has been there with his brother and uh, part of his staff, his ever-expanding staff of three. Uh, But it's great food and great beer and a great atmosphere. And you'll like it. It is the Ready Room Brew Pub, part of Hook Point Brewing. And uh, thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mark, for supporting us. And you can go over and enjoy beer. If you love beer, this is the place to go. The Ready Room Brew Pub on West Brookhaven Circle. Uh, solo tunes, as I mentioned uh, earlier in this broadcast, by Paul McCartney and John Lennon have been reimagined as Beatles songs using AI, artificial intelligence, which once again means fake smarts. Uh, don't get me started. <laughs> and they're bringing fans to tears, it says here. Uh, I did not have Wes pull this one down, but it is on YouTube. And if I were you, I would go there and hear it now before Yoko or George Harrison's wife or Paul hear about this and have them pulled down. Uh, Paul's song called New from an album in 2013 was run through AI to make it sound like a Beatles song. I did not hear that one. But this version includes harmonies from the other band members and Paul's own vocals have been toned down to make him sound like he did when he was much younger. The two we're going to play for you, um, the guy that did this is a guy named Day, D-A-E, Limbs. And he's on the YouTube and he has so far put up six AI renderings Uh, Three of them with the Beatles. He, let's play this one first. He uh, took a tune from from, uh, John called Grow Old With Me. That was the last album. It came out, he cut most of this while he was cutting Double Fantasy. And the remains of that came out on Milk and Honey after he was dead. And uh, so this guy took the vocals from the other Beatles and it sounds uh, much bigger and much more beatly, and uh, it's extremely good. And uh, it, it it just sounds sounds uh, just just great. He also uh, on the YouTube he took Ringo's song, "It Don't Come Easy," and he added verses. Now th- this is the one that really is kind of a shocker, because um, Ringo. I, I can't recall if who wrote this song for him. Maybe it was Paul. I don't remember. But It Don't Come Easy was a big hit. Maybe the first one he had or was Photograph, his first hit. Anyway, on the verses on this new version, every one of the Beatles takes a verse. And it's incredible how it sounds just like them, as if they had cut it themselves back in the early 70s. Uh, But we're going to play these for you now. Grow Old With Me, The Beatles, uh, the AI version. And it don't come easy with The Beatles, the AI version of that. Thank you. Enjoy. This is Drake Digital. (laughs) 